You're listening to Own Your Bold, an interview-based podcast for female entrepreneurs and leaders in business. I'm your host, Natalie sinizgali Katavong. Hi, everyone. I'm Natalie sinizgali Katavong, and this is the introduction to my podcast, Own Your Bold. I wanted to share with you a little bit about why I started this podcast and also my history in business and how I got to where I am today. This episode is a little bit of a departure from the format of the podcast. I decided I wanted to have an interview-based podcast and not one where I was simply just talking at my audience. For me, it's really important that I'm able to bring in experts on different topics and also incorporate other people's life experiences and share their stories as part of this podcast for several reasons. Number one, I didn't want to feel like I was talking at you guys from a place of, you know, greater experience or superiority. We're all in this together. We're all learning at our own, you know, paces and in different places on our journey. And the second is that I have had so many incredible conversations with the women at my photography studio that I've thought to myself, oh my gosh, I wish that we could share this conversation. Like we hit so many awesome topics. I feel like I am so mentored by so many of my clients I just felt like I really wanted to share these types of conversations for the greater good of women and particularly women that are entrepreneurs and trying to build a business, women who are leaders in business. So that's why I made this podcast. So how did I get started? I started my photography studio straight out of college at age 22 and everyone goes, oh my gosh, you were so brave to start a business at 22. And honestly, it was like I was too young to even have it occur to me that it might not just instantly work out phenomenally. (laughs) I tend to be an internal optimist and I was frankly too naive to be afraid, which I think is it's a great place to (laughs) to be in to make that decision. Many people starting businesses are not in that situation. They they obviously have, you know, a lot to lose, a lot of responsibilities. But for me, I was straight out of college and I just decided to go for it. But let's rewind a little bit. I had actually studied imaging and photographic technology at the Rochester Institute of Technology, um, which is probably halfway between a photo degree and an optics degree. And during my time at RIT, I had done a lot of research in science and optics. I had a co-op working with NASA and some other government agencies. A friend of mine um, always refers to it to that time I was an astronaut, which is wholly inaccurate, but it makes me laugh. (laughs) So back in my astronaut days, I was doing a lot of research and I kind of fell down that path simply because I was good at math and science and it just seemed like a safer bet than photography. (laughs) As much as I am an eternal optimist, I'm also a bit pragmatic. And because I, as I said, I was good at math and science, I thought, well, let me kind of hedge my bets a little bit and get a degree that I can probably easily get a job in um, instead of just, you know, straight fine art kind of degree. So when it came time to talk with my advisor regarding the next steps, he had recommended that I go to graduate school And I was actually fortunate enough to get not only a full scholarship, but also a stipend to complete 
whatever graduate studies I wanted to pursue. And that seemed like a pretty ridiculous offer to pass up. So I kind of accepted it without really much thought. And I spent that summer before I was supposed to start graduate school doing research and working in the lab and also doing senior portraits. I happened to do senior portraits for my advisor's son, and I was delivering them to him the Friday before graduate school was supposed to start. He's an early riser. He worked in D.C. for a long time, and so he's like notoriously at work at like 5 a.m., And for whatever reason, I had to deliver these images to him at like 7 a.m. that morning. I don't remember the details, but I showed up in his office at 7 a.m., which if you know me at all is like basically the middle of my night. And I sat down and I said, you know, here's your portraits. And he kind of exhaled and looked a little serious. And he's like, Natalie, these photos are amazing. And I said, thank you so much. You know, I love taking them. And he said, yeah, I know you looked really happy when you were shooting. He said, are you happy when you're in the lab? And I kind of thought about it for a second and I was like, no, nobody's happy in the lab. Like (laughs) everyone in there is sad. Um, And he looked a little startled and was like, well, that's actually not true. Um, (laughs) Those people are happy. And so I kind of, you know, paused and I was like, okay, where where are you going with us? And he said, Natalie, what are you going to do with your graduate degree? And, you know, kind of further, why are you going to grad school? My first reaction was, well, because you put this offer in front of me and helped me, you know, get into the program, number one. Number two, it just kind of seemed like a good decision. And he said, okay, what are you going to do when you graduate? And I said, well, I don't know. I think I'll probably um, get a high paying job for a few years working for, you know, the government or something. And... I'll save up a bunch of money and then, I don't know, I'll probably start a photo studio at some point. It was the first time I had really said that out loud. And we just kind of looked at each other, realizing that that was a terrible idea. (laughs) And so I think he was the first to say it. Natalie, that's a terrible idea. And I said, yeah, wow, you're right. And so in that moment, I basically decided not to go to graduate school. And I just looked at him a little horrified. I had been perfectly groomed for all of the research projects that he had coming up. I was working on a couple of them. We had just had two peer review journals published and I was his TA for several classes. This is all again starting on Monday and this is Friday. And he said, Natalie, I'll tell the department. And I (laughs) looked at him and I was like, oh my God, are you sure? Um, Because honestly, I felt like he had more to lose at that point than I did. Um, He just spent all this time like training me to, to, you know, do his bidding basically. And so I went home to tell my parents. Um, My parents live in Honey Falls. I I drove down there straight away and (laughs) I showed up there probably at 8 a.m. They certainly assumed the worst. This was finally the shoe that was going to drop as a child that followed all the rules and never got in trouble, like me showing up at 8 a.m. on a Friday morning and telling my parents I had something to to talk to them about was probably horrifying (laughs) for them. And so we sat down at the table and I was like, guys, I'm not going to go to graduate school on Monday. My parents kind of looked at each other. They looked at me and said, okay, are we cleaning out the basement, starting a photo studio? (laughs) And I said, yeah. And that's basically what we did. 
I would like to, at this point, pause and just mention how eternally grateful I am for that reaction. I realize that that is not everyone's situation, that not everybody has parents that are ready to clean out their basement to (laughs) incubate their business. And I am eternally grateful to them for that. Uh, We literally spent the day setting up a photo studio. I bought PVC piping at Home Depot. We got some black and white sheets at Walmart and for probably a hundred or two hundred dollars, we had set up uh, honestly a decent photo studio. Um, and that's where I started. And I would also like to mention that the basement had its own entrance and was a really actually beautiful. My father calls it the lower level. He would be horrified if he heard this episode in which I call it the basement. But that's where we started. So that was 2007, fresh out of college, very little experience in, in the real world. And I just started literally telling every single person I knew and every person I met that I was a photographer and that they could hire me to take pictures. So (laughs) from there, um, I had a lot of support from my community. The town that I grew up in is very small. People started hiring me for whatever they needed. And I accepted any job that came my way. So if you needed high school senior portraits, if you needed a headshot, I had actually already done a little wedding photography when I was in college working for another local photographer. So I started taking weddings, literally anything. I'm pretty sure that you could get an entire photo shoot with me including dinner and cookies from my mother for like $50. <laughs> and so, you know, our prices have gone up since then. I, I'd like to public service announcement that. But honestly, it was great to get so much experience straight off the bat and to just really see what I liked shooting and see, you know, what different services I could offer and really build it organically from there. Everything was going well, except that I wasn't really making enough money to survive. So I decided to get a day job. That was a really good decision, and I I would definitely do it again. I mean, no, you actually couldn't pay me enough to do it again. But me at that time, yes, absolutely the right decision. I ended up doing science for money. Uh, So I was using my degree that I had in imaging science. It was a nine-to-five job. And so that basically had me working 6 a.m. to 8.30 a.m. on my business. I would go to work at 8.30, work there until my lunch break, during which I would answer phone calls and emails from my photography studio. And then I would finish out the day at 5, leave work, go straight home, usually had shoots. Um, I was doing all my own editing and retouching. I would work on my business till about 1 or 2 in the morning. And then I would fall into bed, sleep, and then do it again the next morning. I did that literally without taking a break for about a year. Would not recommend to a friend, particularly if you're not 24 years old and able to keep up that sort of pace. It worked for me at the time and it gave me a really rounded experience of what it's like to have a job. I did face wage discrimination there, which was really confusing to me. A quick story. So I had been working there for maybe six or seven months when they decided to hire a new person from my actual program that I had graduated from. So I knew him. I knew who he was and, you know, his grades and things like that. While I won't say anything disparaging about my boss at the time, I will mention that science is very much an old boys club and my my direct manager had 
few redeeming qualities other than the fact that he would answer basically any question you asked him without giving too much thought to the answer. And so I was kind of curious when they were hiring this new kid. I was like, hey, how much are you starting so-and-so at? And he told me. And I said, huh. I said, that's that's more than I make. And I knew that we were having the same job. And I also knew that I had a better GPA, better work experience, more published papers, and I was in the Honor Society at RIT. Not to brag, but true story. So he kind of looked at me and said, huh, yeah, that's interesting. And <laughs> I I was, I just kind of looked at him and I was like, okay, um, you know, maybe get back to me on that. I remember coming home really upset. I didn't, I didn't know why and I didn't know exactly what was going on. And I called my parents and I talked to my mom and I was like, yeah, I'm really confused. This happened. And she goes, oh, oh, honey, it's because he's a man. And (laughs) I felt very confused because my parents had raised me to believe that I could do anything a man could do and that we were equal. Like I never really gave much thought to my gender. And frankly, I thought that women's lib was over and that we had won like (laughs) I had no idea that this was still in um what 2008 that this was a thing I was really upset about it I took it really hard I actually felt a little bit betrayed for my ignorance I again I was just very surprised and so I went to work the next day and he said oh by the way we're, we're not starting him at that salary anymore and I said okay that's probably for the best but the damage was already done. It didn't really matter how much they paid this kid. It was simply a realization for me that if I had a day job, I would always be at someone else's mercy. They would be setting my value. They would be setting how much money I made and that I might not be dealt a fair hand based on the fact that I was a woman. So as I mentioned, I did stick it out for about a full year and on Independence Day, the 4th of July, I declared my independence from having a job. I remember crying that entire day. It was like the first day off I'd had in probably months, Sundays included. Like when I say a day off, I mean any day that I wasn't working. It had been months and I was so tired and I was so sick and just not healthy. But in retrospect, it was such an invaluable experience for me. I'm really glad that I ended up having a day job and that I was also able to create an income for myself while I was starting my business before I knew how to make money in my business. So now I had a lot more time to spend in my business and I immediately got more clients. I started really seeing the success that I thought I would be able to enjoy as a business owner. I had tons of clients. Everybody was loving my photography. I even hired an employee because I had so many inquiries I couldn't keep up with. But I was really quickly back to that place of working 90 hours a week and being still sick and still exhausted as I had been when I had a day job. The only difference was I looked incredibly successful from the outside. I was achieving the things that I had always wanted to. Um, I wanted lots of clients. I I even had a studio in Pittsburgh, which is kind of the fancy area in our city. I thought that those would be the things that ultimately made me successful and that made me happy and made me money. But it didn't it didn't really come together that way. 
I honestly didn't know where to go at that point. And I still had this idea that if I could just continue to learn how to take better photos and if I could get a better portfolio and if I could just make my clients a little bit happier and just take slightly more impressive photos when maybe one more award, that somehow everything would just work out. Spoiler alert, no. (laughs) That wasn't where this was headed. I went to a photography conference in Las Vegas It's called WPPI. It's um, Wedding and Portrait Photographers International. And I, of course, signed up for a ton of photo classes because, again, that's what I thought was going to help me take. But, you know, if I took better photos, I would make more money. And I went to a full week worth of classes, ton of lighting, posing, product sales, all these different things that I was really excited to bring back to my business. The very last day of the conference... At 8 a.m., again, all these important things happen in the morning, I'm realizing. (laughs) Maybe I should get up earlier. I had signed up for a class probably accidentally in business. Let's also just take into account it's day five of a conference in Las Vegas, and I'm like 25 years old, maybe 24. Let's just say (laughs) I was in kind of rough shape, a little tired, hadn't gotten a lot of sleep, definitely needed to hydrate, and I was not going to go to the class because it was at 8 a.m. And I probably made that decision at 5 a.m. when I was still out. And my boyfriend at the time was there with me. The best thing to come out of that relationship was that he said, no, I, I think you should go to this class. Like you signed up, you send it, you know, like you were excited about it. And it's different than all the other classes you've taken. And at this point, I'm like, well, let's see if the alarm wakes up either of us at eight. So it happened to wake one of us up and somehow I ended up in this room. (laughs) So at 8 a.m., I'm sitting in the back of the room right next to the water cooler. And literally the moment that the instructor started teaching the class, I felt the biggest change in my life was about to happen. He started out the class with, there's nothing glamorous about being a starving artist. If you think that all the clients that you're giving these discounts to are going to let you live in their basement when you can't afford to run, you're wrong. (laughs) And, you know, are you, it was sort of like an infomercial. It was like, are you overworked? Are you tired? Are you, (laughs) you know, always trying to take better photos and you're not making any more money? And I I was like, me, me, it's me. Um, And so uh, his origin story was that he left being the CEO of a Fortune 500 company to run a photography studio to make more money than he had previously been making, which is no photographer's origin story. Everyone gets into this because they love photography. And I have to imagine that it's a similar story for any creator, maker, anyone who's running a business based on their passion. I would argue 98% of them did not start it to start to make money. So I suddenly tear up my notebook. I'm taking notes as fast as I can. And I literally felt like a bag had been taken off of my head because the things he was saying were resonating with me so strongly. And I realized in that moment that I had been trying to solve this problem completely the wrong way. So after two hours of notes on how to run a business, how to you know set up your packages, work on your pricing, talk about your delivery, your sales approach, your marketing. My head was spinning and he said, 
I'm offering a DVD package where you'll get 10 hours of DVD instruction on how to start a photography studio or how to, you know, change an existing one. And it's $1,000. $999.99, I'm sure is what he said. <laughs> I I had exactly about $1,000 in my bank account. Like it was, <laughs> I was at that point. At the time, I didn't realize how close I was to probably going out of business or needing to, you know, find another way to make money. That was all I had left in my account. And with my hand shaking and my credit card in my hand or my debit card, I went up to him after class and said, I want to buy your DVD sessions. And he was like, okay, great. You know, he took all my information down. And a few days later, he had emailed me or called me and said, I have some bad news. We didn't get enough people signing up for the DVDs that we're going to produce them. Instead, I'm going to offer you 10 hours of one-on-one coaching via Skype. This was before FaceTime even existed. And, and so, you know, I hope that you find that acceptable. So this was obviously way better than the DVDs because it was tailored to me. I was his first mentee, his first student. And over the course of honestly like one hour, like the first time I met with him, we changed so many things in my business. At that point, I was like really ready to make some changes because I, I was basically at the bottom. I knew I couldn't continue on the way that I had been. I was, for lack of a better term, desperate. He completely overhauled all my packages and I said, Sal, his name's Sal. I call him Uncle Sal. And I was like, Uncle Sal, I'm going to literally lose all of my clients. And he smiled and said, exactly. <laughs> so the point was, I was getting the wrong clients I was going to lose all my current clients, but we were going to attract new clients that were willing to invest in photography and it was going to be great. (laughs) I was very scared, but I made all those changes like within the first session. And the very next week I had a sales session with one of my clients that had actually already booked me on my old pricing, but I was able to offer them some new things that they could add on if they chose. That client spent exactly a thousand dollars with me. Previously, that sale would have been about $200 total, maybe $300. I made that $1,000 back almost instantly. And that really just gave me the encouragement I needed to continue making changes in my business. So by the end of my coaching with Uncle Sal, I had changed everything about how my business was structured and I was running it like a business instead of a hobby. That mindset shift has proven to be the most important thing I've learned probably in my entire life, but (laughs) certainly uh, in my life as a business owner. So all of that happened in, I think, 2010. And over the last 10 years, I've taken those basic business principles that my coach, Uncle Sal, taught me, and I've made them my own. I have, you know, obviously changed a lot of things about how we set up my business back then. As I've grown and as the industry has changed, But all of it is based in basic business, honestly, like the things that you would probably have come around to learning sooner if you weren't so passionate about your craft, or maybe if you went to business school or, you know, anything that you you could have learned if you studied business. And at this point, I just feel so called to share this information that I have gained I'm in year 12 of my photography studio. I still have an extreme passion for photography. I love shooting. That's never going to change. But I really want to serve women in a different way. The main 
priority of my photography studio is to help women feel good about themselves. That was a realization that came to me maybe six years ago. I thought the important thing about what I was doing was taking photos, but I kind of through some other stories that I'll share at some point, um, realized that it was really much more about how I was making these women feel about themselves and particularly how they related to themselves and their appearance. As I've grown a bit older, I've seen a lot of limitations placed on women through society and, you know, just the way things are set up. Our ability to make money is very important to me. I think the wage gap is a huge issue that a lot of women suffer from. And I see entrepreneurship as a phenomenal solution to that issue. I really want to share the business acumen that I've gained basically the hard way. Yes, I did hire a coach, but that was after three years of doing things very wrong. I remember exactly what it felt like to be in that place of desperation, not knowing what was next or if it was going to work out. And then also the struggle of, you know, kind of rebuilding my business after the 2010 coaching experience. And more than anything, I just want to be a part of a growing community of women that are helping each other, building each other up not tearing each other down, and not competing with each other. If you are a small business owner, I hope to share some of the tidbits that I've learned along the way, as well as so much information that our guests are going to be sharing. If you have a day job and you're you know, wanting to become more of a leader in business, or if you already are a leader in business and your career, this podcast is designed to support you as well. I'm just so excited to collaborate and share and create some really wonderful content to help build women up. So that's it, guys. That's my story. That's what this podcast is all about. Please stay tuned. Give us feedback. I'm always in my DMs on Instagram. So if you want to follow us on Instagram, it's emboldenbiz. And here we go. Thanks for listening to the Own Your Bold podcast. For show notes, resources, freebies, and more, visit ownyourbold.biz or come see what we're up to on Instagram and Facebook at Embolden Biz. Till next time.